Welcome to Unscripted Unlimited. I am your host, uh, Doug Hummer. Uh, tonight we are uh, doing a retrospective on seasons one through three of MASH. Uh, Daniel is here joining me. Hey, how you doing? Uh, so Daniel is basically here because I don't want to do a show by myself. Uh here to talk some mash. Here to talk some mash. Uh, I forgot that at one point the mash theme song did have lyrics, but <laughs> after hearing them, I realized why they got rid of them. Uh, what the hell? Um. All right. So, mash. Uh, probably one of the most successful uh, television sitcoms. Uh, of all time, eleven year run. We're going to talk seasons one through three because we're talking uh, the Colonel Henry Blake years, also the Trapper John McIntyre years. But Colonel Blake, obviously, he was the Colonel. He was the head of the Mash unit. Yes. Uh, and he did see. He was there seasons one through three. It was uh, Colonel Henry Blake, Major uh, Frank Burns. Major Margaret Houlihan, who was the head nurse. Captains uh, Benjamin Franklin, uh, Hawkeye Pierce, and Trapper John McIntyre. Uh, the head uh, and Pierce was the head surgeon. Yes. Uh, and then, of course, Corporal Radar, Radar O'Reilly, the company clerk. And then, of course, you know, in the second season. And also leading into the third season, you had the addition to the cast, or to the main cast. Second season, they were recurring. Uh, I don't believe they were in the first season. But second season, uh, Corporal Klinger came in. Yes. He became, uh, or he, I think he was even still recurring, like, season four. And then you had Father Mulcahy, the chaplain, who he started taking on a bigger role in, uh, well, he was recurring in season two. Season three and uh, four, obviously, he would uh, take a bigger role um, as well. But, you know, those were your, that was your cast, uh, or those were your uh, characters in that show. And um, it being, it having an 11-year run, it is considered one of the, uh, Greatest uh, TV uh, sitcoms of all time, which, by the way, sitcom, for anybody that doesn't know, stands for uh, Situation Comedy. Yes. Okay. For anybody that doesn't know the jargon. Uh, And sitcoms were a really big thing back in the 70s. Oh, yeah. Right. Now, for anybody that doesn't know exactly what MASH is, uh, basically, it was set during the Korean War. It's a. It stands for Mobile Army Surgical Hospital. Okay, and uh, set during the Korean War, so you know, figure probably forty-eight through fifty-one, because right? I think that's when the Korean War was. Right. Uh, and basically, it's doctors at a mass unit, doctors and nurses who are basically just trying to. You know, patch patch kids up in a hospital. So it's a kind of a comedic take on, you know, what they were doing. Uh, right. And uh, sometimes they would get serious. Yeah. Real serious. Yeah. But you know, I, they would get serious, but like it would always be like Hawkeye, who was played by Alan Alda. Who would always try to kind of like lighten the mood with his jokes and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and his buddy Trapper John uh, McIntyre, 
you know, he would kind of do the same thing. And Colonel Blake, uh, when he was a commanding officer, like, he was kind of like, he was kind of a hard ass. Like, he tried to follow the rules. But he also um, was not military at all. Really? Not at all. How he got, how he, anybody like Colonel Blake would be the head of a, would be like the head of any kind of a, a army unit or something like that or put in charge of anything, I have no clue. Yeah, he always got like, and I was uh, watching with you the episode where uh, he was giving a speech on BD. Yeah. Or trying to, and they're all fucking with him. And they really like had him come across as kind of a bumbling idiot. Yeah, you know, and it's funny, uh, Daniel. You and I kind of know this show. Well, I mean, I I know this show very well because of you know, growing up in a house. This this our show was actually always yeah. playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, our dad watched it, but also uh, Grandpa watched it. You know, our grandfather. Yes. So, and I, you and I, I think, kind of watched it more with him. Uh, and kind of appreciated more with him. I mean, I watched it a lot with Dad too. Uh, I mean, you were very little, so you were just kind of just in the corner playing with your toys. Uh, but uh, like w- watching it with either two, and it's funny because like I kind of associate, uh, like I kind of associate Colonel uh, Colonel Blake as like being Dad. <laughs> Like, not military whatsoever. But I kind of associate Colonel Potter, who would take over after Colonel Blake would leave the show. Colonel Blake played by McLean Stevenson, by the way. Yeah, I, I remember a lot of him. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but Colonel Potter was kind of... Colonel Potter was grandpa, just because of, like, the, the funny, like, catchphrases that came out of his mouth. That made no sense. Like, he would say, oh, this is a bunch of buffalo bagels and... Yeah. Or, you know, pony pucks or... Yeah, your you know. potterisms. Exactly. So, but like, um... But Colonel Blake was funny, and I, I watched several episodes today uh, where, like, a couple of which focused on Colonel Blake. There was, like, there was one episode where he had a fling with a, uh, with a 20, uh, close to 21-year-old in uh, Tokyo. Okay. And now Colonel Blake's married. He's got six kids. Okay. But he was having a fling and he comes and he tells uh, Mac- Pat- Pierce and McIntyre, he's like, boys, I've fallen for the big L. And they're like, what are you talking about? He goes, I'm in love. Uh, and they're like, okay, how old is she? Um, or he showed them a picture and it's this you know, young girl and uh, Pierce goes, uh, do the cops know that you fell in love with <laughs> And she's just like, no, she's, uh, you know, she's 20. She's going to be 21 and, uh, you know, 21 and whatever. And uh, Pierce goes, Henry, you have a corn that's 21. And uh, McIntyre goes, also, uh, look at the picture of the woman on your desk. Isn't that your wife? Now, what I kind of like to do here is, you know, because you're obviously well-versed on this topic, and uh, I'm a bit of a newcomer. I've seen a lot of MASH, but, you know, I'm not as, you know, well-versed as you. Uh, Let me ask you about some of the characters, and then you kind of get into some of their moments and personality traits and stuff. Right. Uh, And we'll we'll start with no, no other than the lead, played by Alan Alda, Captain Benjamin Franklin, Hawkeye Pierce, the lead of the show. Right. Uh, get into Hawkeye a little bit. Okay, so it's funny. Him and uh, Houlihan, okay. Major Houlihan, are the only two that have done all 11 seasons of the show. Now, is Houlihan just a recurring character? Or? No, Houlihan, it's uh, Hot Lips. Hot Lips, yes, Hot Lips. So, but Pierce was... And, and here's the funny thing about him. He, I love Alan Alda. Yes. Okay. And I think he's a 
uh, great actor, and I really loved him as Hawkeye Pierce. Like, I can really resonate, I think, with the with the character because he he's basically he tries to you know make a joke about every situation, even if it's like really tense. Yeah, or like he doesn't he tries not to take everything so seriously. Yeah. So, uh, and like there's episodes like where he really just tries to take command. Like during uh, the one episode, uh, and again, you know, just going by seasons one through three. Right. Where uh, everybody had like the flu, they kind of swept everybody, and he was basically by himself. And he's calling for help, right? And the general that he was talking to is just like, look, we can't send anybody or whatever. And he's just like, you know, he goes, you know, Pierce, you're a capable young surgeon. He goes, yeah, I know. I'm a capable young surgeon, and I'm a great uh, and I'm a great catch and a wonderful listener. But, General, I'm looking for another surgeon, not a husband. <laughs> like, like, I need help. I have nobody. Right. And then he, uh, McIntyre asked him, goes, have you been able to get anybody? And he goes, we've been offered a veterinarian and a gynecologist, <laughs> which will come in real handy if we have a horse that comes through here that's going for menopause. And I'm just... Very good line. Yeah. I'm, uh, he has... I mean, he's got, like, awesome Georgia, and I've always kind of tried to... Like, especially, you know, in my later years here, I've always tried to mimic, like, some of the stuff that comes out of his mouth and some of the stuff that comes out of Potter's mouth. Yes, but uh, like Pierce is just—he's one of those characters that uh, he takes things seriously by not taking them seriously. Yes, and, and I think that's why Hawkeye and like Hawkeye also a lot of the serious moments. And, you know, I might be thinking of later seasons, too, so if I quote something from later, I apologize, because that, that's kind of a lot of the stuff I remember. Right. But uh, he he usually had the most tense storylines, too. And, like, yeah. there was some stuff where he was, like, dealing with some mental issues. I don't quite remember. I don't want to get it wrong, so I don't really want to. But, like, he, th- there was a couple times where he was, like, going under a lot of stress and stuff, wasn't he? Yeah. No, there was uh, definitely – it was definitely in a later season where, like, uh, he was kind of – he kind of had a suppressed memory of uh, when his cousin or something tried to kill him when he was a kid. Yeah. And it, it brought back because, like, uh, some uh, – uh, a soldier came in with, like, moldy water on his clothing or something. Yeah. And they brought in the psychiatrist, Dr. Sidney Friedman, who he he's not a main character, no. but they would bring him in for like special occasions. So he was like a very special recurring character. Was he ever in one, two, three or no? I think he came in in two. Okay. He came in in two, uh, in three a little bit. Uh, what was his deal? He was just a psychiatrist that just came, was asked to come in and, you know, investigate stuff. Okay. Uh, it usually had to do with Hawkeye, uh, a lot of the times or whatever, you know, he also got along with, I mean, later on, obviously he would get along with, with Sherman, with, with Potter. Yeah. But he was more like kind of, you know, Hawkeye's butt, you know, he would always end up talking to Hawkeye. Yes. Uh, but no, yeah. Hawkeye, again, like, like you said, he had his, he had his issues, and but he was always trying to he was always trying to be like the best surgeon even though like a lot of the times it was patch him up patch him up and get him out so they can get back to the front and uh but also too like you know he took it very personal like if a patient died on his table yeah so they did a lot of serious shit with him. Yeah. Um, uh, but he was, all, he was, I mean, he was the lead. So he would be the straight man and comedic at the same time. Right. Uh, there was a uh, episode where a friend of his actually came through the unit, uh, came to visit him, and then ended up on the table, and he died. And Hawkeye couldn't handle it. And, and Blake actually went up to him and said, look, 
The one thing they taught me in command school is that, unfortunately, you know, these things happen. You yeah. just have to move past it. And then there was actually a uh, – he actually had a case where a uh, a youngster um, or a kid that was underage that actually got uh, – um, that actually stole his brother's ID and enrolled into the army, even though he's underage. Yeah. Like his, I think he was only like 15, maybe 16. Uh, which, you know, obviously you can't enroll in the army under the age of 18. No. So, uh, but in that episode, like, Pierce turned the kid, like, the kid told him, he's like, look, I want to get back out to the front. I want to keep shooting people. Yeah, I remember that. Because the kid was actually played by Ron Howard, yeah. who is a famous director now. His daughter's an actress. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people remember him as Richie Cunningham from Happy Days. Yeah. Uh, or Opie from Andy Griffith. Right. Uh, but he... um. But Hawkeye is like, look, you know, he's underage. Get him the hell out of here. So Hawkeye turned him in because he was so distressed from his friend dying. He's like, I don't want to see a young kid get killed. Yeah. Which you're supposed to turn that shit in anyway. So. Uh, but no, and that, but yeah, he's had uh, so many, so many moments. And like also to, uh, he was also very loyal to uh, – he's very loyal to a lot of people, like, in the unit. Yeah, his relationship with Radar was always very sweet to me. Yeah. Well, he Radar looked up to him. Yeah. Kind of like big brother, little brother. Yeah. Um, oh, one thing I do want to ask you, and we can always get back to Hawkeye, but when we're talking about – Captain Trapper John McIntyre Played by Wade Rogers I want to ask you Because a lot of what I remember watching Was uh, BJ Honeycutt being the buddy Yeah you know. So who was the better kind of homie To, to Pierce a- And who did you enjoy more But it also get into the Trapper a little bit I liked BJ better Because BJ to me Was more straight laced yeah, and a hell of a mustache. Yeah. Um, well, and the funny thing is, he didn't develop a mustache. He came in season four. He didn't start growing facial hair till season seven, I think. Really? Yeah. That's when he got the mustache and the beard and all that. Okay. Uh, but he... um. But, but no, because he was more straight-laced. He was more... Uh, because he's a family man, you know, he had a wife and I think uh, two kids. Or no, he had a, a wife and a daughter. Daughter was just born, you know, before he got... Who, BJ? BJ's daughter, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, like, Trapper John, he had a wife and two girls. Yeah. But you could always see him with a nurse in his arm. Really? Yeah. Uh, I mean, BJ always joked about, you know fooling around with the nurses, but, like, you never... I think there was only two episodes where it looked like he might fool around. Yeah. Uh, Trapper had a nurse in his arm, you know, every episode. Right. That he was in. But, like, and Trapper, to me, uh, he he was kind of a wise-ass, but I just... I didn't really find him that funny. He didn't? What was his personality kind of like? He was more of the, uh, he was probably the same personality as Hawkeye, very sarcastic. But I I don't think he really, like, uh, you couldn't really go to him for anything. Yeah. Like, go to him for advice or anything like that. Uh, Like you could Hawkeye. Or uh, even, like, BJ in the later seasons. Right. Uh, Because he would just, you know, be sarcastic and all that stuff. And uh, I mean, I do. In that one episode where they're under attack by a sniper, he was actually the first one to get on the phone. 
and call headquarters and be like, oh, we need help because we're trying to, you know, we're trying to run a hospital here and we're under attack. And they're like, well, we're not going to help you until tomorrow. And he's just like, uh, because in that episode, uh, Blake and Radar were trapped in the shower together. Burns was losing his mind. Hawkeye was trying to flirt with a nurse. Mm-hmm. And Hulahan was just trying to get everybody to listen to Burns, but nobody would. Uh, so you're actually more of a BJ guy. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> now let's talk about, I mean, like like you said, this is probably a bigger year because you call this the Henry Blake year. I mean, to me, the buddy of Hawkeye is important too. Yeah. Uh, Honeycutt w- w- was really cool though, but but I thought the Trapper was funny. He, he was funny, but you gotta remember too, bud, is that uh, like and. After season three, like both Trapper and and Henry, you know, McLean Stevenson and Wayne Rogers, they both left the show. And the reason why both guys left the show is because they felt like they were being overshadowed by Alan Alda, by the Hawkeye character. Oh, both of those guys did? Trapper and Blake both? Yeah, they're just like, we're playing secondary roles and we feel like we're better. And that's why they left? Yeah. And, uh... That's crazy. Yeah, and the, the funny thing is, is that like it was such a hit. Match match was such a hit that McLean Stevenson had even admitted he's just like I should have never left. Yeah, like I was like it was stupid of me to leave because it, you know it was the best time of my best time of my career, but because I felt overshadowed, I left, and like his career was never the same, and I think Wayne Rogers' career was never the same either, because. Trapper John actually did have a uh, a spinoff, kind of, uh, called Trapper John MD. Oh, but, really? Well, it was based off of Trapper, off the Trapper character, because they did reference his uh, time in the Korean War, but it wasn't, uh, he wasn't played by Wayne Rogers. Oh, really? And it, and it was a drama, it was not a comedy. So it was an indirect uh, spinoff. Was that after MASH? Or... Yeah, it, it might have even been during. Okay. But the people at MASH had nothing to do with it. But, like, they were trying to capitalize off the, you know, success of the character. See, I heard... So, Rogers... And I, I think Rogers left because of a contract dispute. Uh, he wanted more money, I believe, uh, in the in the contract. Right. And he wanted to be featured. Like, he basically wanted to be treated like Hawkeye. You're like Alan Alda. The problem is, is that Alan Alda was the star of the show because that Hawkeye character... Like Hawkeye was that person you would go to because you knew you could depend on him. Yeah. He even said when he was discussing the character, he's a little more impulsive than Hawkeye. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Get getting the well. Let's break it up a little bit before we get into another big character. Talk about a guy that shows up in Sergeant or in uh, season two and, and onward. Sergeant Zemo Zale. Okay, Zale. Uh, he basically another side character. He wasn't around a lot, but uh, he basically. I think he was in charge of the uh, of the supply closet. Okay. Uh, but like, he wasn't really around that much. Or, like, he would do, like, different episodes or whatever. Yeah. But, like, he was never featured. In, like, he was in a couple of main storylines, like, later on. Like, I know in one episode, uh, he sold, like, uh, I forgot what it was that he sold. But he sold something that they ran out of. And they ran out of it because he sold all of it. Right. And Houlihan just looked at, Houlihan looked at uh, Potter and she's like, can we just shoot him? 
And Potter looks at Dale and says, oh, boy, you are lucky. I'm the one that has to give the orders. <laughs> and he's just like, uh, but, yeah, no, he – and then uh, it was also – he wasn't uh, – he would always get into arguments with Klinger. Okay. You know, later on. Captain Maxwell Klinger. Get into him. He came in season two. He started as a recurring character. He didn't want to be in the army, so he was the one always in the dress. Yeah. <laughs> I remember him. He was funny. Yeah. And, uh, like, there was an episode, season two, I think it was. It was a, a mail call episode. Uh, and he uh, got... um. Uh, he went to Colonel Blake and said, I have a letter from my father or letter from my mother about, you know, my father, uh, my father's died or he's very sick. And Blake, uh, Blake pulls out a, a binder of letters that supposedly came from Klinger's family. Cause Klinger was always trying to run some sort of scam to get the hell out of there. Yeah. Cause he wanted that section eight uh, mental discharge. And he goes, uh, and he goes, father dying, huh? He goes, all right. Pulls out a letter, goes, father dying last year. Mother dying last year. Mother dying, older sister pregnant. Older sister dying, mother pregnant. Right. Younger sister pregnant, older sister dying. Oh, and here's an oldie but a goodie. Half the family dying, other half pregnant. And it's just like if Blake just had this straight look at his face. And Klinger was just like, uh, again, he kind of had that camaraderie where, like, because he was in charge. He was always uh, doing the, uh, like, the night watch. Yeah. Uh, which is real weird watching a guy in high heels just walk back and forth with a gun. Right. Uh, although I'm sure you could find it, you know, in some creepy town somewhere. Uh, probably, yeah, North Philadelphia. Uh, but, uh, like, but he would always do that. And he was also the one that, like, helped uh, bring in the x-rays to the operating room. Uh, also helped bring in the uh, the patients or uh, basically helped get everybody ready for pre-op. Yeah. Uh, if Radar wasn't in an episode or something like that, or if Radar was away on a leave, uh, then um, what's-his-face? Uh, Klinger would fill in for him as company clerk. So... Um, but yeah, and then there's like episodes where like, uh, like I think there was one episode where Hawkeye was like, uh, went, really went through like a pair of boots. Like his boots were worn out, you know, like our shoes would get. Yeah. Okay. And he was trying to get a pair of boots, but like, uh, they weren't, uh, requisitioned or whatever. And, uh. Like, they couldn't requisition it, so he had to go through, like, a lot of red uh, red tape. So he had to make deal after deal after deal. And one of the deals was he had to get something signed uh, to get Klinger out of the Army. And, like, because uh, somebody wanted, uh, one of the nurses wanted to borrow, uh, wanted, like, something done for her hair. Yeah. And, like, in order for uh, – and Radar wanted to date her, but she said, look, I'll go out with him if I get a blow dryer. Yeah. And Klinger had a blow dryer. And then, uh, like, it, it was a whole thing. Like, there was a whole bunch of wheeling and dealing, and everything just went, you know, uh, everything just went, you know, kind of downhill. Uh, and and it, that episode also included Zale because Zale was the one, obviously, in charge of supplies. And – they all told Hawkeye, he's like, look, I could get you the pair of boots, but, you know, I need dentist work done. Yeah. 
And the guy that could do the dentist work wanted a trip to Tokyo. So they all wanted something. Yeah. So, like, it was a whole, like, it was a whole thing. And then, uh, what should we call it? Uh, but, yeah, no, because Klinger didn't get his way, you know. And he was funny. Yeah. He was, he was very funny. Uh, that last episode, uh, Henry and technically Trapper's uh, last episode, he came in, he had uh, um, the, uh, or like he had a dress on uh, with, you know, the fruit hat. Yeah. And he was just, uh, he's just like, I, I made this dress uh, for this uh, occasion, sir. You know, I couldn't even get the back yet, so Henry zipped up the back for him. But it was just, yeah, uh, Klinger was, and everybody was just like, every time he would be in the presence of like a big time general, he'd be like, what the hell is this? And they're just like, ah, it's just Klinger. <laughs> uh, but no, he was a funny character, because, and he was one of those, like again, he wasn't. He was he was recurring. The first uh, couple of like season two and season three. I don't. Th- I don't think he got added to the main cast until about season four. Klinger? Yeah. Yeah. He was uh, kind of a supporting role before that, right? Yeah. All right, getting to Colonel Blake. The Colonel before Potter. Okay. He is a very he was a very special character, I think. Very unmilitary. But also I mean, he had to be a hard ass sometimes, but you could also tell that uh he did care. And there was a there was an episode where um Oh, uh because Burns and Houlihan were always getting on his ass. And Frank wanted a uh, so- soldier who was uh, um, who was gay, uh, dishonorably discharged out of the army. And he went to Colonel Blake and said something. He was like, that, "He he should not be here. Like he needs to be dishonorably discharged." And uh, Colonel goes, uh, or, and Colonel Blake goes, "Who cares?" And he goes. Colonel, if if you don't do this, I'm going to have to go over your head. He's like, you know what, whatever. Uh, and then uh, Pierce and McIntyre were just like, Henry, how could you allow that to happen? And he goes, I didn't allow it to happen. He said he was going to go over my head. I told him to go. He goes, he goes, he goes. Frank has gone over my head so many times. I have his footprint on my scalp. Uh, or there was the uh, episode where. Uh, Radar and Blake were, or Radar and Henry were going to uh, Tokyo. It was supposed to be a week of, uh, you know, R and R. Uh, and and Hulahan and Burns went and uh, they filed uh, charges against Henry to get him all, you know, relieved of his command. They were basically getting uh, trying to get him court-martialed. And uh, so when they got there, they basically told him that, uh, you know, you're, you have charges against you. So it became like the trial of Henry Blake. And uh, Pierce and McIntyre found out what was going on, and they were trying to get... Uh, And they were, they were like, you know, we're going to go to Tokyo and we're going to get him out of here because we like Henry. So, so Houlihan and Burns basically had them stripped to their underpants and had them put under an MP's watch. So, uh, Pierce and McIntyre, uh, Klinger came in with their dinner or something like that. And uh, McIntyre wrote Klinger a prescription and said, here's for your post-nasal drip. And Klinger goes, I don't have post-nasal drip. He goes, yeah, you do. Or I'll, He goes, I'll give it to you. <laughs> Just go fill this up and then uh, get the, um, you know, 
So basically, they drugged an MP. Yeah. So they could get out there and, and help him. And basically, what uh, Henry was being charged for was aiding the North Koreans. Uh, there was a uh, woman by the name of Meg Craddy who uh, operated a clinic for uh, pregnant uh, pregnant Korean women. And uh, there, because uh, a lot of the Korean, uh, pregnant Korean women were, um, you know, their babies wouldn't survive the first couple of days. So then uh, Meg Credi opens up shop to help them. And, uh, but she needed a lot of penicillin. So Henry would give her the penicillin to, you know, keep everything open to help her out. And that's what, because Houlihan and Burns were all American and all that. They were um, basically saying, hey, you know, you shouldn't be, uh, you know, you shouldn't be helping the North Koreans or not. Um, you know, we're supposed to be fighting them. So that's what Henry was getting put on trial for. So Pierce and or Pierce and McIntyre went, got Meg Craddy, who brought in a Korean girl who was pregnant. And uh, just as they were getting ready to, um, they were getting ready to uh, um, court martial Henry. Uh, Pierce McIntyre came in with Meg Craddy and a pregnant Korean girl and Radar. And she goes, this is a sample of Henry Blake's work. And Henry goes, oh, boy, just what I need. And then she's like, look, you know, I operate a clinic and Henry Blake, you know, she helps or he's the only man that's ever helped me because he cares about people. He's a, And that's more than I can say for the rest of you high priced bellhops, you know, talking about this whole committee of like generals that fucking can basically throw anybody in jail. And Colonel Blake goes, uh, can I say something? Like, um, you know, before Meg Craddy opened up shop, a lot of the Korean babies born couldn't last, uh, wouldn't last past the first few days. Me giving her penicillin just helped make things easier. He goes, yeah, I'm guilty. I'm guilty for helping her. So if you have to go ahead and hang my butt from a flagpole. <laughs> and then uh, Burns and Houlihan come in and say that, uh, you know, they're, you know, Pierce McIntyre or AWOL. This is a, um, you know, this is an example of Henry Blake's unfit command. And uh, the general that was running the hearing says, there's really nothing wrong going on here. Right. Like, and he told Burns, he's like, you need to drop your charges. And Burns is like, I'm not dropping my charges. I'm not withdrawing them. Uh, this is what I believe. And this needs to, like, it's not going to happen. And then Pierce wrote a letter saying that, because Frank Burns is actually married. He's basically cheating on his wife with Houlihan. And so Pierce writes a letter saying, uh, basically telling his wife that, uh, basically telling Burns' wife that he's having an affair with Houlihan. So uh, <clears throat> then Frank's like, okay, yeah, I'll withdraw my charges. And then there's, uh, you know, I talked earlier about the episode of Henry being in love with another woman. And then, uh, but then, you know, Pierce and McIntyre remind him, and Radar, there's just like, uh, Colonel, you're married. And then he talks to her, because he's married. They got like six kids. He, you know, he has a wife with six kids or whatever. And uh, then, like, uh, uh, like his wife is, like, real funny, uh, too. Like, I mean, you never you see pictures of her, because, like, they got her home. Uh, she sent him, like, a whole movie or something. But, like, she's real funny, too, because, like, she actually uh, called him, or, no, or, like, Radar called her or whatever. So, uh, 
Blake could talk to her. And she actually said to Henry, she's like, just so you know, like, I really screwed up the checkbook. <laughs> like, so, uh, like, I, I need your help because we're like $68 <laughs> overdue. Yeah. So then, like, during, like, one of the mail days, she sent him a box that looked like it was a cake. And it was just, it was all her bills. And he goes, 20,000 miles from home, she wants me to balance the checkbook. And uh, there was other, there was a whole bunch of episodes. Oh, like, uh, oh, the episode where uh, this uh, Korean girl comes in and she says that Radar is the father of her baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what we were watching. Yeah, earlier. And uh, (laughs) Henry just goes, uh, Henry's just like, uh, Radar, do you want to explain this? And then, like, everybody keeps blasting through the Henry gets keeps getting hit in the face with the door. And then, like, uh, the one uh, attorney general comes in and goes, uh, oh. And they're uh, like, you know, I'm here to investigate the claims of the, uh, you know, of this woman and... He goes, okay, uh, Daryl, meet uh, Je- uh, meet uh, Lieutenant uh, such and such ROK, and this is uh, uh, Lieutenant or this is Sergeant Mulcahy G O D. You know, because Mulcahy is a ch- uh, the chaplain, and uh, like uh, you know, they're gonna test. Uh, the baby and uh, the mother's and uh, and Radar's uh, DNA or blood to see if Radar's actually the father. And uh, it comes back and then like, and then Burns is upset too because there's also a Korean family out there who won't leave the compound because they think it's their home. They think it's their land. Yeah. So, uh, Burns is trying to deal with that, and then there was a, a, a truck comes in, and the horn starts beeping, and Bur- and uh, Blake goes, oh, Judas Priest, now what? Uh, and then he goes, all right, he goes, you know, we're, ju- uh, we're waiting for the, because Burns went in and complained, and uh, Blake goes, uh, Frank, we're in the middle of something right now because we're just about uh, a few minutes away from finding out if we have to send, uh, if we have to get radar a, a card this year for Father's Day. Uh, but Henry, in like situations where uh, he's under a lot of stress, like him and Hawkeye both yeah. are just like, they're um, just very much like they're still like a co- comedic relief. Like I think Hawkeye's funnier, but Blake is just more. I mean, he's also funny too, but he's also got to be like a more serious funny. Yeah. Like when they were under attack from the sniper, and Blake's trying to you know calls the general and says that, uh, hey, you know we need help, and then. Uh, like at one point he was getting so frustrated that uh, he's just like you know what, and he hangs up the uh, he ha- or he hangs up the phone, but he puts it on like the skeleton that he has in his office. He's putting on his ear. He's like you know what here, right. and, and, but he's like real funny. And then uh, when he got uh, when he got discharged, see his his ending was like really sad. Because, like, it was written out that he was going home, right? And apparently, like, uh, they wrote it off to where his plane got shot over the sea of Japan and it crashed and, and he died. Yeah. So it was a real, like, it was such a sad ending, I think, for, for him. Because now, like, they couldn't even. I have a question for you. Sure. Did you ever watch the MASH movie that kind of launched this whole thing in 1970? Like, I, I never did. 
Like it's completely different actors, same characters though, I believe. Yeah. Uh the only one that was in the movie that was in the show was Radar. Oh, Radar was in the movie? I I believe Gary, Gary Berghoff was in there, yeah. That's awesome. Uh yeah. Because Trapper John was in, but a different guy. Donald Sutherland played Hawkeye. Right. But I, I just thought that was interesting. I forgot there was a movie. Yeah, and it's, again, that's pretty much what the you know show was based off of. I don't think that anybody thought they were going to get 11 seasons out of it, though. No. And uh, it's interesting. Roger Bowen, the guy who portrayed Henry Blake in the movie, he died from a heart attack a day after... Uh, Stevenson died. I saw that. And uh, I, I just want to ask you, and, and I'm like, he was a great actor. McLean Stevenson was was great, and Mash was cool, and Henry Blake years was really good. But uh, after he left, he went on to to do four different sitcoms. Right. The McLean Stevenson show. He did a variety show that got scrapped. He did In the Beginning, Hello Larry, and Condo, all released during Mash's run, all lasted no longer than two seasons, all got canceled. Uh, critics began to, to talk a little shit about the man. Uh, his career declined. They, 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 this one critic had an award called I'm going to quit this show and become a big star award, and they gave it to Stevenson. Yeah. Uh, and he even kind of touched on the criticism and he said I made the mistake of believing that people were enamored with McLean Stevenson when the person they were enamored with was Henry Blake and he said so if you go and do the McLean Stevenson show no one cares which I, I think is a little harsh on himself but that's also you know he said I've, I've never been able to work with a group that's as talented or scripts that are as good I did some terrible shows but no one made me do it uh, do you think that's pretty accurate and do you think unfortunately was- yeah it was probably a bad move to leave. I mean, I love Potter, too. And the way they killed him was sad, man. I just, like, that is one of the saddest episodes. I mean, it, it was kind of like a, it was a feel-good moment, you know, him getting ready to leave. He was going to go home. He was going to be with his wife and six kids. Well, then the plane got shot. And then the plane got shot down, and I'm just like, I, I cried. I, I still cry when I watch that, when yeah. I watch the end of that episode. Like, yeah, I can't. Of, you know, because, you know, when you get enamored with a character, and again, like, MASH was over before I was even born, mm-hmm. obviously, but, like, watching the reruns and stuff, like, you still kind of get invested in the characters. Oh, yeah, yeah. Especially when MASH is actually still running in syndication to this day. Yeah. It's a classic fucking show. But he was, like, it, it was it was really sad, and you know they didn't put it in the script? Because they wanted more of an emotional reaction out of people. Yeah, he. I, I'm pretty sure he was one of the only people that knew about it. Yeah, he. Well, because he knew there was no way he was coming back. Yeah, which is is, is nuts in its own right. But uh, he he was. He, how did they get rid of Trapper? Uh, they just basically said that uh, he got his orders to go home. And uh, he wasn't on that plane, was he? No. They said he had his orders to go home because Hawkeye was coming back from a uh, from a leave in Tokyo or something like that. Yeah. And they said, oh, you know, he got, uh, he, you know, Trapper got his orders. Like he's he's gone. And they're like, uh, well, what do you mean? You know, he's like, what do you mean he's gone? Like he didn't even say goodbye because like he left before Hawkeye came back. Because yeah. Hawkeye took like an extra day or something like that. Right. And uh, he, uh, but yeah, no, when they got rid of Trapper, it was more just, uh, it it was kind of anticlimactic. Like that almost shows you like what they think of Trapper. Like, oh, he's just leaving. Nobody cares. So they didn't like do a big write-off like that? No. They just said, hey, he he got his orders. You know, he went home. That's all they ever did. Yeah, like they didn't even have him and Hawkeye do like a big goodbye or anything like that. They just said he left. They actually went to see, uh, or like Hawkeye tried to catch him before he got on his plane. Yes. But what, well, who they found instead was uh, BJ. Yeah. And that's how they brought BJ in. 
exactly. That's and because the the writers did not want to get rid of Henry Blake because he was a popular character. Yeah, but uh, that's what he wanted. Now, before we head home, uh, talk a little bit about Hot Lips. I I got to mention her and I got to mention Burns. Well, yeah, and Radar, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and also, you know, a little bit, well, first of all, I'll say that, let me say this about Father Mulcahy real quick. Uh, he, like, he started out in such a small role as the chaplain, but he became, I think, one of the more popular characters because he was the more level-headed one. Yeah. Unless you pissed him off. And nothing was, uh, nothing was more funny than watching a pissed off Padre. Which is what you know, Colonel uh, Colonel Potter always called him. It's like Padre. Uh, you know, everybody else called him. Oh, in the one episode where uh, Father Mulcahy actually had to assist with the surgery. Yeah. Father Mulcahy actually had become a surgeon. Hawkeye says to him, "He goes, Father, now that you and I are getting closer, is it right if I call you Dad?" <laughs> uh, but no, Hot Lips was she was straight laced military, came from a military background. No nonsense. Uh, so very attractive for back in the day. Very attractive for back in the day, and could, but also could get around. Like, there was a lot of generals that wanted a, a piece of the hot lips. But she didn't give it, right? Oh, no, she did. Oh, so she Well, because she was sleeping with Burns. Oh. And then she actually slept. In season three, there was a general, Iron Guts Kelly. They're, uh... Their session was so uh, intense that he died. Really? Yeah, he died while having sex with Houlihan. I mean, not the actor, but the character. Oh, good for her. And then... Uh, uh, um, but no, she was like very... Again, she was very straight-laced. And... Uh, she was um like she didn't she wasn't a fan of uh uh Henry Blake's command. She wanted her and Frank to be in charge. And uh you know, so she was always and you know, she, Pierce and McIntyre always offended her. Yeah. Which, you know, wasn't hard to do. Right. And uh then there's Burns. Who he was such a, there was no redeeming qualities for Frank Burns whatsoever. No, he was a dick. He was kind of the heel of the show. Yeah, he was. Like, yeah, there was no redeeming quality whatsoever. However, Ferret Face. Yeah. Was he on the show through the whole run or no? Uh he left after season five. Do we know why? I think it was just he I don't know if it was other projects or not. Okay. But, yeah, no, he was, uh, so he came in, I mean, to be honest with you, like, when Major Winchester came in who replaced Frank, uh, he seemed like he was a bigger dick, but also I think he had a bigger heart than Frank did. Yeah, apparently uh, the actor just said that the the character had kind of become one-dimensional and he took it as far as he could. Yeah, because I, there was no redeeming qualities whatsoever. He was always a dick. Yeah. Like, there was never a storyline where he was, uh, you know, where he played the victim or whatever. It was just like, it was just always Hawkeye and whoever was with him playing tricks on him. Right. Uh, but I'll never forget, like, when he, uh, when he, uh, left, he said uh, or, uh, they were doing like a toast to him and uh, Bert, or, and Hawkeye said, you know, it's got to be something heartfelt, something sentimental and he goes, goodbye fared face <laughs> and then that was it and then they all celebrated that he was no longer going to be there that was his big goodbye <laughs> Yeah. well, what happened was uh, him leaving, and again, this has nothing to do with one through three, but him leaving was just, uh, like, he went to Tokyo for R&R, 
and he kept thinking he saw uh, Houlihan and her new husband. Right, that's when they wrote him off, when she got married. Right? Yeah, when she got married, uh, he basically, like, he kept uh, jumping in the hot tubs with couples that he thought were Houlihan and Penobscot, and then, like, they kept trying to lock him up. He kept busting out of jail. Right. So, and they couldn't find him. Uh, and then, like, Potter kept getting a phone call. He's like, not burned again. But no, he was again like it was. But I thought I think in the first couple of seasons, especially seasons one through three, he played a major part because he was always the villain that uh, Pierce and McIntyre always got the better of. Yeah, like Hooligan had some redeeming qualities. This goof had none. But by the way, like in real life, Larry Linville is that what was from what I heard, he was a very nice person. He did a lot for the community and all yeah, that. Yeah. Like the day after he died, he had actually just done st- stuff for like a children's hospital. Right. But uh, talk about Radar. Uh, Radar basically. He's probably my favorite character. Radar pretty much ran the unit almost like he kind of kept everything especially in later years he's one of them that's still around yeah there's only a few that are actually still alive uh and i think actually jamie farr and gary berghoff are probably actually in the best uh shape out of all of them because uh alan alda who played hawkeye he's got uh He's got uh, Alzheimer's. Does he? That's what I heard. Uh, and Mike Farrell, uh, who played BJ, I don't know what he's doing. And Loretta Swit, you know, who played Houlihan, they're she's uh, you she really don't, a lot of shit. Yeah, she's not uh, like you really don't hear anything from them. But like Klinger, occasionally will pop up in a commercial from MeTV where they air a lot of Nash's reruns. Right. So he'll pop up, like, all the time. Uh, yeah. But, no, Radar, like, he basically ran the unit. And he was he could always get stuff past Colonel Blake. That shows you how, you know, Henry just kind of, like, he's not, like, military whatsoever. Because you could easily go over his head. Right. Which is what Radar did. Potter kind of, you know. It's a little harder. Yeah. And he would tell Radar, he'd be like, Radar, what did you do? Oh, uh, nothing, sir. <laughs> but uh, but Radar, of course, you know, he was Hawkeye's little buddy. Uh, and, uh, you know, the episode where they thought that he was the father of the baby, uh, he was he was just like, uh, and then all the girls, you know, started kind of falling for Radar afterwards. And, uh Pierce and McIntyre were just looking at him like that. A boy, this is proud of you. But he was, yeah, he was a very interesting. To be honest with you, I think the show really started to decline after he left. To Radar? Yeah. When did he leave? You could kind of tell the writing was on the wall after season seven. Because, like, in season seven, and even, I think, a little bit in season six. Well, it ran for how many seasons? Eleven? Yeah. And, like, season six, I think he, he wasn't in a lot of the episodes. Yeah. But season seven, he was, he was, uh, he missed quite a few episodes, and, like, Klinger would always be the one to uh, uh, fill in for him. Yeah. But, like, in the beginning of season eight, that's when they wrote him off. I, I didn't know he wasn't there for the full show. Yeah, no, he, uh, like I said... Pierce and Houlihan are the only ones that did uh, season um, that uh, went uh, that basically did all eleven seasons. Damn, that's nuts. Yeah. You got anything else, Dutchier? I think we're good. I mean, we're going to obviously revisit this again because this is only seasons one through three. And we got six more or eight more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think the next one we'll do, we'll do uh, probably 
we'll do uh, probably seasons four and five because those are Burns' last seasons. So you said you liked uh, uh, BJ better than Trapper. Yeah. Did you? Who did you like better, Potter or Blake? Oh, that's hard. Ah. Oh. That's difficult because Potter, again, you know, I associate him with two different people. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're two different characters. Yeah. But... Uh, well, Blake was more just your, he was a surgeon that was a colonel. Yeah. And he wasn't very military. No, he had no military capabilities colonel, whatsoever. Colonel Potter came from the cavalry division. Yeah. So he he was more military. So you got two totally different styles of leadership. Yeah, uh, but but they were both very likable characters. Exactly, and that was the thing is that like you didn't know what kind of a character Potter was going to be in those first few episodes, but he turned out to be somebody that everybody loved. Right. Uh, But Blake, I mean, because the way they took out Henry Blake like in that last episode, his last episode. Like it, it was just so sad. Right. Uh, so it, it's kind of a talk-up because I like them both. I think that's the hardest question you've ever asked me on this show. Uh, well, let me give you an easier one. Who who do you like better between Winchester and uh, uh, Ferret Face? Oh, gotta be. Who's a better heel? No, the better heel's Frank, because no redeeming qualities whatsoever. Right. Uh. But uh, as a person, you like Winchester? Though? Yes. Yeah, he he was a. They let him be a little bit more goofy. Yeah, they let him be a little bit more goofy, snobby. Him and I also share the same haircut. Uh, well, Fairface too, a little bit. He kind of had the same. Not really. No, Fairface had a full head of hair. Okay. Uh, but no, he was. Such a, but no, Frank was like the ultimate heel because again, no redeeming qualities whatsoever. So like when people left, or like when he left, everybody's just like, okay, bye. Yeah. I mean, nobody got a shittier write-off than Trapper. Yeah, they're just like he went home. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh yeah, he's gone. Bye. Well, I don't know. That might be better than getting shot down in a plane. They could have just let what's his name go home, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, but they were also trying to depict, you know, what can happen in war. It's yeah, just yeah. Not everybody gets that happy ending and gets to just go home. Yeah, yeah, it was nice, but like for a beloved character, it was kind of fucking harsh. Right. <laughs> yeah, because I remember like just watching that. Because I remember the first time I actually watched that episode when Henry went down. It was like because uh, back in like the late nineties, I think. Uh, when or when FX was like becoming a channel, you know, right, which yeah. is Fox's secondary channel, right? right yeah. Uh, and they were still hitting hard with the match rerun, and FX had picked it up, and uh, it was a New Year's uh, marathon, New Year's Eve marathon or something like that. And Dad was obsessed with the show, and they had uh, Henry's last episode on there, and I remember. Uh, dad saying, oh, yeah, you know, Colonel Blake died. I'm like, what? Yeah. I had no clue. Right. But, like, I saw that episode, and then, like, when I saw everybody's reaction, I was just like, holy shit. And then, like, but, no, every time I do see that episode, I do get a little teary-eyed, because it's just like, you know, Henry was such a beloved character. Yeah. I mean, they replaced him with somebody really good. Yeah. So, I mean, all I really remember is Potter, except yeah. for... So, Potter elevated the whole Colonel... Yeah. Uh, the whole Colonel character. Yeah. Uh, but, like, yeah, to me, it's just like... It's like... He's uh, still good. Yeah, no. Blake was... Blake was a good character, because, again, he was just... He, he yeah. was a doctor that was basically just told, all right, yeah, you're going to be in charge. Yeah. You know, like Sharon just said. Right. And, uh, but yeah, no, that's like, that's a hard, that's a hard question to answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, All right. Well, we'll definitely be back to talk more MASH. Let's get some plugs out of the way first. Uh, are you good? 
Yeah, no, uh, I think we did a tremendous job. By the way, that is our Aunt Sharon. She doesn't like to be introduced, but people like to <laughs> know who they're listening to, so that's Sharon talking. Uh, we will uh, catch us Fridays at 6.30 for Unscripted Wrestling. Uh, we we got some big shows coming up. We yeah. got our AJ Styles, John Cena. But well, what, what, It's Money in the Bank 2016. So this was the episode that was supposed to be last night. We had planned on it, but you and I were getting pelted with paintballs. Yes. Uh, so pelted with paintballs and then lost on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. Uh, um, so next week. So that'll be this upcoming Friday. So everything that I had planned is technically getting pushed back a week. Okay. So, But we still are going to do everything that had been planned. Right. But, so we're doing that. Uh, check out it's Scripted Unlimited. Uh, Saturdays around 7. You got a plan for next week? I do have a plan. Uh, the plan right now is to kind of continue on the trend. You know, last week we counted down the top 10 worst cartoons of all time. So what we're going to do next week is we're going to bring back uh, Settle It in the Ring for the cartoons, and we're going to basically debate on, like, worst cartoon, worst theme song, worst cartoon family, worst cartoon character. Uh, so that's going to be the plan. Right. Unless somebody comes up with something better. And uh, me and Mindy have uh, the stab cast tomorrow. We will announce that on our group, what we'll be doing. And also check out me and Bobby for uh, the web cave on Monday. Uh, it's going to be a good time. And uh, we will be ranking the Spider-Men. We ranked the Batman last week, so we're ranking the Spider-Men this week. Uh, Garfield, Holland, and uh, McGuire. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, make sure to check out the Dirty Dudes, Boxing Smart, well, the Wrestling Outlet. Uh, every Wednesday and Saturday. And Elite Diplodoc, our buddy Sean, on YouTube and Twitch. And with that being said, we will see everybody next week and have a good night. Through early morning fog I see Visions of the things to be The pains that are withheld for me I realize that I can see